Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon here to bridge the gap between therapists and clients. We are your companions on your journey to build your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've created a free email course on our website, shrinkthink.com forward slash awesome. Just kidding. (laughs) Forward slash podcast. We've got practical steps on overcoming fear and anxiety. Hey, thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Disclaimer and newsflash, we are not your therapist. Welcome to the game. We are just educating you and that is it. Do not take what we're saying as a life-changing situation. Please just enjoy the program, sit back, relax, and thank you for being here. Hey there, Lisa Mustard here. If you don't know me yet, I'm the person behind the therapy show with Lisa Mustard, which is part of the Psych Craft Network of Podcasts. And I'm so proud to be a part of this network along with Aaron and Nathan of the Shrink Think Podcast and the great work they're doing to help people in their journeys. And if you haven't discovered the therapy show with Lisa Mustard, you can find me wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I'd love for you to join me as I interview seasoned and knowledgeable talk therapists to glean valuable insights techniques and tools that you can apply to your practice and your life. Plus, some of my episodes qualify for continuing education contact hours. So be sure to check it all out over at lisamustard.com for all my episodes. Plus, you can get your first continuing education contact hour for free. That's lisamustard.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. We are excited to be here with you as always. And we just did a little bit of research before coming on the show, just kind of figuring out, you know, what are some of our stats, where are our listeners? And we are very excited to tell you, we're just always excited. I don't know. We're not on <laughs> cocaine. <laughs> we don't do drugs. We, do drink, on we drink coffee. That's what it is. But we are excited to find out that we've got listeners mostly in the US, not surprisingly, but Hey, we want to give a shout out to Smyrna, Georgia. So apparently we've got lots of listeners out in Smyrna. What's up, guys? I don't know what the greeting in Smyrna is. How y'all doing? But hey, out there, um, we've also got a lot of listeners in Poland and what was the Slovakia? Slovenia. Slovenia. Yes. Yes. I wonder what accent is in Slovenia. (laughs) I was a little disappointed to see we don't have many uh, Australians uh, down under. So I, I thought maybe if we start using some Australian accents that we'd get more listeners because they'd say, hey, there's old people down there. <laughs> They've got a podcast called the Shrink Think Podcast. We should start listening. Maybe they can teach us a few mental health uh, pieces of information. So for the rest of the episode, we're going to talk like this. Maybe we might actually lose our U.S. listeners, which is like we've gained three Australian listeners and lost all of our lost thousands. Of them. Yeah, right. yeah. Oh my word! I cannot keep the Australian accent. I will always. I'll start off and do like four words or maybe a phrase and a it, syllable. It just dumps right into British. British. Yeah, it's it's tricky for me. I'll start Australian, then I'll go into like the New Zealand because it's. You know, the Kiwis is quite a bit different, actually. It's got um, more of a nasally, more of a... I'm sure they appreciate that. Well, there's lots of YouTube videos out there that talk about it. Um, lots of uh, 
like discovery exploration videos. Um, people who are out in the wild doing lots of exploration and explaining things. So you get a lot of those syllables that sound like that. Yes. So anyway, <laughs> why are you even here? <laughs> right. You're here for the entertainment factor. Uh, but let's get into some some uh, meat and potatoes here. We're going to talk today about fixation on a problem versus fixing in the problem. And I know we talked about this a couple weeks ago at dinner after work uh, at our local spot. Flyboy, what up? Um, shout out to Gloria. Um, but I have no idea what this topic is. So, Nate, pick us up. Yeah, I well, what had ha- what had happened was <laughs> what had happened was I was uh, in a normal session, believe it or not. It was a normal day. So it was like this unique thing that happened one time, a (laughs) normal session. And then all of a sudden, no, it it occurred to me in, in some, at some point during the week, I think people get fixated on the issue or whatever they're struggling with. And what that amounts to is focusing on all the details of whatever it is. That's the problem. And what they think is the problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, what it is that they don't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what they don't, want to happen or whatever's going on and that becomes the topic but after a while it's like there's no more to understand so So let's just repeat what what happened again let's just repeat what we already said and think and don't want to happen and we're just rehashing just rolling over in the mud (laughs) well and so the fixation in a way it's like if I can understand the problem, then I can fix it. So that's kind of the belief. And that's actually not really a false belief. The problem, though, is that if you are just trying to understand the problem, I mean, you can understand it. And some problems are, are simple. But if you aren't, I think there's a, like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a solace or some kind of comfort in in the way that you are actually working on something. But at the same time, you're really not because because you're doing all this thinking work and you're taking it seriously, but nothing's actually changing. Nothing's happened. A lot of words are being spoken, but nothing meaningful is actually being said kind of a thing. And I have a question. Are, are you saying if you're focused on the problem, would it be and I would love an example, but I was kind of thinking, is it kind of like you're you're talking about the problem and maybe you're asking why questions like well, why did this happen and why did that happen? Maybe, but it doesn't really matter. Like it happened. It just, it it just happened. And maybe you can't even know why and why it isn't even helpful in solving the problem. It kind of takes you down a rabbit trail, for example. It's like, well, I don't know why they closed early on a Friday. You know, they just were. And so that left me in a pickle or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have a better example. Yeah. Well, what I'm thinking of, to be honest, is the the folks that I know in my own life, I call them the self-help book club type of thing. And the reason why is because these are folks that will read a lot of self-help books and they're, they're just kind of into it. But the reality is nothing is ever really different. I mean, they read about a subject. They look about whatever it is. They're really in tune to it at the time. Like they know a lot about it now. They can say all the words. And we've talked about this before on our show that people will kind of take those labels on almost like a badge of honor type of a thing. It explains enough. So they'll say like, oh, I'm this like what's happening now in our culture is uh, at least this is happening in Portland. And man, it's like all the time somebody was was just talking about this the other day, like not a client, but at a 
think I was at a little bar because we were all snowed in up here. Anyway, they're talking about like how their so-and-so had autism or something. And I'm like, and my first thought was, really? Are you sure? Because autism is the most, uh, everybody wants to have it for some reason. Like everybody talks about it. Like I, like all the time, like I have this, I have that, I have this, I have that. And, and that is so ADHD, yeah, ADHD, bipolar, all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. And so then there's this whole fixation on like all the details of that. Oh, oh, I see. So you're, it's kind of like, um, maybe the dingo ate your baby, the, your baby. Well, is that, was that the episode? Um, where Elaine was talking about the baby, the baby, everything about the baby on the Seinfeld. It's like everything you're just saying the same word or whatever. And you're like, okay, that's not helpful. You just keep talking about the same thing or using this label, using this word. And it's kind of leading you in a wrong direction. It's, it's not really getting you anywhere. So uh, let me, here's a good example. Um, so in you guys that listen for a while know that I do hypnosis. Okay. Hypnosis is all about the power of suggestion really at the end of the day. And there was a story that my that my clinical supervisor in supervision in um, hypnosis told us that was where basically what had happened was this. And I think I might have said this on an earlier episode, but this woman could not see. She was blind and she went into a hypnotherapist because her doctor said, you are fine. Your eyes are fine. You can see like your eyes have the ability to see. So. For whatever reason that you're you can't see, you should probably go. This is probably a psychological thing. So she goes in to this hypnotherapist and the hypnotherapist just honestly only saw her for three minutes because the woman was so fixated on saying, I can't see. The hypnotherapist just told her, "Okay, you're not you are no longer to use the phrase. I can't see. You are to replace that with I can see. And in 12 hours, she got her sight back. So it's like what people will do is you'll come in and you'll be fixated on all the ways that your problem works, whatever that is, like all the symptoms you have, all that. And you want to talk about it, which makes sense. Right, because it's bothering you. It's clearly troubling you. You want to understand it. And you believe that by talking about it, you maybe can remove it. And that's not wrong. I mean, because everybody, everybody has to start there because your therapist has to understand what the problem is. Yeah. I'm like, this is what I'm doing as a therapist. I'm like, are you telling me I'm making people's issues worse? Wait, this is an, wait, is this like an intervention? That's happening right now. Telling me live on the air. Aaron, this is actually about you. Oh, look, guess which episode's not getting published. (laughs) Ever felt like you needed someone who really gets what you're going through? Meet the Peer Network, where real understanding meets genuine support in mental health and addiction recovery. So what is peer support? It's a powerful connection with someone who has walked a similar path. Our certified peer support specialists have their own stories of overcoming challenges in mental health and addiction. They're here to share, listen, and guide. With the Peer Network, You're not just getting advice, you're gaining a partner in your journey, someone who empathizes, relates, and helps you navigate your path with their first-hand experience and professional training. Through our telehealth platform, this support is as close as your phone or computer. It's a safe, confidential space where you can talk, learn, and grow, 
all at your own pace and from the comfort of your own home. Whether you're seeking support for mental health challenges or walking the road of addiction recovery, the Peer Support Network offers a hand to hold, an ear to listen, and a heart that understands. Visit thepeernetwork.com to discover more. Your journey is unique, and so is our support. The Peer Network, empathy in action, support in every step. There's a point at which a shift has to occur. And sometimes it's a hard one because it can feel like you're really ignoring and feeling like invalidated of like, of everything you're talking Like, what do you mean? Like, is it my, is it my issue important? And that kind of thing. Well, yeah, your issue is important. And now what are we going to do about it? Right. So I basically was coming up with this and we're, we're talking about it already with the idea to, to just challenge people of like, okay, if you feel in therapy, like your, like your therapist understands the problem, then I guess the, the question that you would have to ask yourself and also the therapist is what do we do now? Because there is a temptation on both parts to kind of fixate on the idea of, and, and neither one of you would probably call it fixating, but to really focus on how the thing is going, whatever this thing is like, because there's always a new way that it, that it, that it ends up occurring in your life. There's always, there's always a new shade. There's like a, you know, Oh, look, look at how affected me this week. My negative thought patterns that I have or whatever it is that you're, you're focused on. Like say that unfortunately for you, you have bipolar or something and bipolar is kind of a bad example in a way. Cause that is something that you are going to always be managing and there's going to be medication involved, diet involved, sleep involved, all this stuff. So in that way, that's like, it would be not fixating on the symptoms. It would be more focused on, okay, we expected that that would happen. Were you able to do X, Y, Z this week? You know, not, not talking about how bad the situation was that you were in. Cause I'm sure it was, was horrible, but looking at, okay, as long as that's understandable that we know like how these symptoms typically show up, then the question is, how are you managing them? Not the fixation on the symptoms themselves. So I've got a, a couple of things that I'm thinking as you're saying that one would be it kind of reminds me a lot of the like self-limiting beliefs or the the self-talk that's saying like, you know, I can't see, for example, it'd be like, I can't do this. Um, you know, the little engine that could. It's like, I think I can. I think I can. It's like the correction would be, OK, maybe I can. Or I was thinking about in sports when you have that self-limiting belief or any kind of like, you know, weightlifting or um, training or whatever, you have to have this like positive mindset that says, okay, this is uncomfortable or this is hard. I don't know if I can do it. But um, my friend and trainer at the time uh, said to me when I first hired him years ago, I said like, Oh, I don't think I can do this. And he says, well, give it a try. Maybe you'll surprise yourself. And that was like introducing this door in my mind of this closed room that had no doors or windows. I can't do this. Right. He introduced a door that's like, well, give it a try. Maybe you'll surprise yourself. And I did the thing and I was like, oh, wow, I, I did do it. And all of a sudden that door opened a little bit. And I was like, I wonder what else I'm saying I can't do that. Maybe I can do. Maybe I'll surprise myself. So there's like this. You have to have some idea in your head that says maybe I can. And you have to start pursuing that to see what's actually possible, not what the problem is telling you is not currently happening, which is not a, a fatalistic 
kind of a thing. Just mm-hmm. because the problem is happening doesn't mean it's always going to be happening. Doesn't mean it has to always be happening because there's another part of that. I think that you're saying, and this is the other point I wanted to get into, which is you are contributing in some way, right? If you're fixated on the problem, you're also doing something that's contributing to that problem, keeping you stuck. Like this woman, you know, she couldn't see, and that was a real problem for her, but she was also saying, I can't see. And so the, the, the change from saying I can't see to I can see was a behavior change in her that opened up a door. Just like for me with with my trainer, I tried it and um, I pushed through. I didn't let that problem or the limiting belief stop me. But I said, OK, I wonder if I can do another one. I wonder if I can do one more. I wonder if I can do one more whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's something that you have to be able to do or be willing to do in the moment to confront the problem and move in a different direction around it or away from it in order to see if there is a solution or a possible solution could exist. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's not, it's not only just looking at it. It's, um, there, I talked earlier, um, in this episode about this idea of this comfort, there is kind of an odd comfort that you're accomplishing something by talking about whatever it is. The problem is, is that you are also endorsing it at, at some point, you're endorsing that it's going to stay. Even if you don't mean to be, even if you can in your consciousness say, I don't believe that and I don't want that. What is happening by doing that behavior is you are endorsing it. And so then from that neurological perspective, you are also then rewiring or continuing to wire your brain, hardwire those neurons to tell you this is true. This is real. And it becomes stronger. So you can say somewhere else, I don't believe it. But the rest of your system is saying, "Mm, yes, we do. (laughs) <laughs> we're going to keep doing that right now. <laughs> right. We're doing it right now. Actually, we're more real than you are. <laughs> it reminds me, I was actually tricked into doing something different in a gym. So I had been doing bench press. I mean, this is back in the day, like high school, um, when that was nice and very good, huh? Very strong, <laughs> very svelte. And, uh, back when I was swole. <laughs> yeah. And I, and for whatever reason, I could not, I could not break 200 pounds. I was at 195, the, you know, you, you're in these 199 and a half. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, and there was really no way to do it before you moved up to 205. You could go mm-hmm. 200, but I just wanted to break through. Anyway, long story short, you're, you're, you're bench pressing with a little team. Yeah. Right? You got I, three people. I know where this is going. I love these kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. So, so without me knowing yeah. these guys, I think they got sick of it. <laughs> right. And they, they, um, and I did this, they're like, just, okay. I, I said, you got it on there. And they go, oh yeah, yeah, it's on there. And they go, we got to go, we got to do it two times this time. And I'm like, okay. So, and they're saying like 195 or whatever. Yeah, it's 195, yeah. Uh-huh. right. As far as my brain is, exactly. That's what they told you. <laughs> right. So turns out it was 205 and I did it twice. Boom. And so it's, it's like, um, it's one of those things where when your mind, it, for whatever reason, kind of holds a value to something, it either takes you like, like what you're saying here and like crack open the door somehow, mm-hmm. get a crack it open, walk into it. Or on the other side, you probably got to be tricked. Somehow it has to happen different. And it, I think it's interesting. And as therapists, I think we, a lot of times kind of try to do that, right? Like I remember this this case with this lady that she was awesome to work with. She's very funny. It's kind of weird, weird case. Cause she did not want to be in therapy at all. She hated it. But since she was in there, she was going to try to work her butt off because she was in there anyway. And so, um, I don't remember the exact situation, but she said something. And I said, 
oh yeah, kind of like when your dad used to talk to you like X, Y, Z, you know, and she goes, sits there. She goes, well, that little paper on the wall you got, it's not just a piece of paper, is it? (laughs) (laughs) No, I earned that thing. (laughs) Right. So it's a a situation I think is as a therapist, when you're kind of trying to figure out, okay, this person's, they understand their problem, but they don't know really how to do something different. So speaking to your therapist out there, it's like, you want to be careful how much you're kind of agreeing with them, you know, with, with what's going on and then lean into going, okay, you can even call yourself out. Like, I think we've talked about this. I think we understand it. Is there anything that we think that we don't understand something that's not making sense or something that we feel like we need to understand more? Yeah, because the thing I'll say about that is change requires the proper orientation to time. So if you're talking about the problem, then you're moving backward in time, which is fine because you need to do a little bit of a hindsight analysis or whatever. You need to do some forensics and understand what happened, whatever. But the point of that should be to then bring that into the right now and do something with it right now. Do something different with it or respond to it. Um, Think about it believe something about it that's different right now actively so that you're oriented toward a different future. You're oriented in a different direction tomorrow and the next day and the next day so that your future becomes a different destination than the same one you keep circling back around to over and over and over and over again to. So it's okay to talk about that problem in the past, but we need to then bring that into the present and say, like, this is what you're saying, like, okay, What can we do about this right now? Or what are we doing about it? What's possible for us right now? And in some ways, it's kind of, I think, admitting, uh, oh, what are some of the ways in which I have been circling back around and staying stuck? How am I fixating on the problem? Okay, let's not do that again. Then the temptation for you, the client, is to ask a therapist, okay, tell me what to do. We are very resistant to that. Because the problem with that is, is that we're not, we're not going to pay for any of the problem. Like if you go out and try what we say, then you can blame us for, well, it just didn't work. And so then you can keep owning your problem (laughs) (laughs) and round and round you go on your merry-go-round. So it's more about like, why don't you throw some ideas out there that you think intuitively would work and we can talk through like whether or not they, what, what that would look like, because ultimately what we're going for as therapists is change that is actually possible for you to do successfully for you to actually be successful. And that might mean that you do a lot less than you think like your mind goes, well, you should do this four times this week, you know, and your therapist might go like, "Mm, let's try to do it one time or half of a time (laughs) or half (laughs) once. (laughs) What would that look like? You know, I joke around with people that when it comes to decisions, like I'm just not going to eat like for me, man, chips. I mean, I love chips, but he does a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and, uh, and, and it doesn't show luckily (laughs) unless you're watching video. Um, but there are many decisions that go into getting a bag of chips. You have to walk to the cupboard. You have to open the cupboard. You have to grab them. You have to open them. You have to stick your hand in there to grab them. Or your face. <laughs> or your face. <laughs> and that's too messy. Um, so my point is, is that part of what therapy is, is you look down and like, let's just see what's actually going on in the process, which is different than fixating on the problem itself. It's beginning to go like, where can we change this? So definitely an interesting and weird episode. Don't fixate on it too much. Thanks for listening. 
We appreciate all you listeners down under. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening.